Hey everyone, it's the Incendiary here along with Greg Tastic, and welcome to the first intro episode of the New Perspective Podcast. How's it going over there? I'm alright, I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing quite alright, just a little bit of a rainy evening over here, but making it happen. So uh, this being the first introduction, I guess, you know, just generally we'll talk about what our goals are and a little introduction to ourselves and the podcast, so... I don't know if you want to start or you want me to start or I would prefer you started. All right. So, um, yeah, I mean the, the idea for the podcast is pretty much born from an idea that you and I had, I was actually looking into some things. It was like 2011 or 2012 that we first started to do a podcast. Um, you can't find the original episode. I have, I actually did, I was looking through some stuff last night and I did find one or two of the recordings, um, which we may or may not use. They've got to be if they uploaded somewhere. Voices of yesteryear. Well, we pretty much sound the same overall, but uh, yeah, so at the time it was, you know, a gaming focused podcast. I really don't think we talked about anything that wasn't gaming, um, but, you know, my goal and idea for this one is to you know obviously keep it in the gaming realm but not um kind of force ourselves to be stuck in that you know area just you know pop culture and movies and tv and games and you know that kind of stuff so um but yeah i mean just looking forward to getting our our voices out there for you know for real this time and uh maybe we'll upload those other ones no we're somewhere. not they're gonna have to pay extra for those well you know there's certain platforms that uh you know allow you to uh give bonuses to people but um yeah i mean you know one thing i will say i will disclose that i'm an employee of a certain company the walt disney company and at no time does anything i say speak for that company or the views i express are not their views, nor is yours, nor is anyone else that's going to be on here. So just want to make that abundantly clear. Um, and I'll try to disclose, you know, that every time we talk about a topic that has to do with uh, that company or any company that falls underneath. You it. mean so, the Mandalorian? Well, you know, Star Wars stuff or Star Wars stuff or, you know, whatever. So you mean how great the Mandalorian platform. is? I've only watched two episodes, so. Oh, and you work for the Disney company. Uh, they already don't believe you. Well, they believe me, so. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, just looking forward to getting my opinion out there. And, you know, in the sea of podcasts, you know, there's so many. And, you know, I just feel like if we had started and kept it up, you know, you're talking the better part of eight or nine years at this point we would have been going. So, um yeah, better late than never type thing. So let's go. What can you uh, do to introduce yourself? Uh, not much. I'm Greg Tastic. I do not need to disclose where I work, nor do I need to hide any opinions that I have. I'm just ready to do this podcast and tell you guys how I feel. And whatever comes up, I'm going to let you know exactly how I feel. And you don't have to ever wonder if that's not how I feel. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you know, the same thing with me, but it's just not what my company feels. And it would never, it should not be misconstrued as something that the people I work for or the company I work for feels. But yeah, I mean, um, 
if you are, right, let me give you this, ready? If, if you had to pick three guests to have on the podcast, you know, three like dream guests, who would they be and in what order and why? Number one would be Cliff. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Cliff Brzezin- you just Brzezinski. Yeah. yeah, Cliff B, yeah. Epic, epic Gears of That's War. number one, That's not number three. Anymore. Why is he my number one? He's always been my number one because he is this like crazy, charismatic person, and you could disagree or agree with him on his opinions or how he feels, but he is someone who did a lot for the video game industry and has a strong opinion about it. Now, disagree, mm. agree, whatever, but I think he would just be a supremely interesting person to interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say like two other people that come to mind are Jeff Keeley, who, you know, like started kind of like changing the industry. What was he like 15 or something? He was like programming games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a big one. Tommy Tallarico is another one, you know, started out doing, you know, games and like the music composition thing. And now he's working or- on that new in television console and what, show? what happens there. Huh? It's on G4 TV. He used to be, yeah, he was all over that. He was like instrumental in like getting that network up and, you know, running. No, I just forget what show he was on. I remember him being on it. It was like their main news show. What was it called? One of the the review channels. One of the. um, Oh, it was the review thing? I think they reviewed games. I think. Yeah, um, I would have to look it up. I forget the exact person. I don't think it's Tommy Tillerico. I think it's Victor. Victor Lucas? Does that mean? Who is that? Victor Lucas does reviews with um Happy Console Gamer. I don't know. I just know the Victor Happy Lucas, Console Gamer. I don't uh, know him. Another person on G4 TV who did reviews probably. probably was. Yeah. There was some lady that used to be with Tommy Tellerico too. I don't recall her name. Yeah, there was a lot of ladies on G4 TV. <laughs> but they they had some good stuff. All right, so Cliffy B is your number one. Who would like your number two and three be? That's a lot harder. I don't know if I can answer that question in the time allotted for a podcast. Well, we have a lot of time. We have as much time as you need. Number two. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Peter Moore. Peter Moore, okay. Because he's, he's so controversial. One. Yeah. I, like, he was the head of Microsoft. He was, uh, I, I, wouldn't, I don't Xbox, know if he was yeah. necessarily, yeah, the head of Xbox. I don't know if he was the head of EA. I think he was the president of EA. I believe he's still there now, or did he leave? I have no idea, but I feel like anyone who is both head of Xbox and head of EA <laughs> has like one world of, to another, though. Yeah, a lot of things that they know that you know, with some coaxing, you get some interesting mm. answers from. Okay, that's a good one. And what about like a number three? Number three, third string. Yeah, third string. <sighs> I don't want to offend anyone and tell them that they are the number three because that would be so rude to them. Well, they're better than everybody in the world but two people. Look at it that way. I just want you to know that if I'm about to choose you as number three, it's because I already chose two people <laughs> before. But it, it wasn't like, a, you know, I didn't sit down and, and plan this all out. It's not. Oh right, I put you on the spot. Yeah, but I figured I figured you were going to say Cliffy B as part of this anyway. Oh, he was I just always didn't know where. He's always going to be my number one. He's a good number one. Yeah. <sighs> number three. <sighs> it's, it's so difficult. 
so difficult. All right, you you think I'll, I'll right. start my I, list. Yeah, take two picks of yourself, and then let me get. All right, so number pick. I'll start with number three. Number three would probably be. Hmm. I don't want to repeat anybody that you said because they're good. I would say I could think of like five, but number three would probably be. Can I can I give you my number three? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Peter Molyneux. Oh my gosh. He's right. fucking crazy. So, all right. <laughs> He'd be a super fucking interesting person to interview, especially if he came on like, all right, I'm cool with you. I'm going to give you honest answers. I'm going to tell you about Fable. I'm going to tell you about all these games that I made that, you know, didn't nope. necessarily didn't happen. come to fruition how he wanted them to, but. Or at all. He's, right. a, he's a concept guy, though, guy. So you can't blame him. If you gave me okay. another hour, I could sit here and come up with. I'm sure many other people, but on the spot, those are my three people. All right, I'll give you a Cliffy couple Cliffy B minutes. is Let's... my solid, solid. Come on the show, Cliffy B. Just come talk to us. Okay. All right, you think of two more, and then I'll give you two. So my – I'm going to do a tie for number three. It's going to be John Carmack and John Romero from, you know, id Software and Doom and all that, Quake. Um I just think they'd be really interesting to to talk to. I mean, there's obviously like tons of interviews, especially with John Romero nowadays. You know, John Carmack is like doing his own thing at Oculus or whatever. But I feel like John Romero is still more willing to like talk to people. Um, but, you know, for two guys that like changed games as a whole, I, I don't think they're too bad of a choice. Um Number two. Oh man, number two. I'm gonna say I'm gonna probably it would it would probably be somebody involved with the Xbox. So I would say like Well you got Peter Moore, you got um my, Bobby Kotick. I, my third choices I was already thinking about people, but I chose not to pick them because I already chose Peter Moore, but you got Larry Herb, um, Don Matrick, yeah, yeah, Don would be good. Yeah, I'm, you know, Bill Gates, Steve Ballmer. Like What's the, the guy's people. name? Why are we not saying it? Oh, right now. What guy? Who's in charge of Xbox right now? Um, what is his name? <laughs> Unsubscribe. I know his like tag is like Xbox P3. Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. There you go. Yeah, that would be a great interview. I think he would be good. Um, Don Matrick was the old, you know, guy. Um, I would, I would probably say Bill Gates just to talk about like not, uh, yes, to talk about Microsoft and Windows, obviously, but to talk about you know the Xbox because there were so many naysayers that you know said it would never happen and they couldn't do it and whatever, but you know together they. You know, he kind of pushed everybody and they pushed each other to make it happen. So, um, and then number one is Bill what do you think my number one is? That's throwing him under the bus. What Bill Gates, number two, who are you going to choose as number one? Number one is somebody who I think is more influential in video games and only in video games. You have an answer in mind already? I do, yeah. Oh, all right, give me a hint so I can guess it. Probably the most influential game designer of all Miyamoto. time. 
Miyamoto, yeah. Number one for sure, without okay. a doubt. Guys, or... Um, yes, you get to tell me your other two in a minute, but, um, yeah, Miyamoto is definitely number one. I mean, just the, I don't even think you could, you couldn't even spend like six hours talking to him about stuff. I and mean, it would have to be more because you think about all the things that he was, you know, a part of and created and thought up and, you know, he really keeps everybody in line and, you know, they make a quality product time in and time out. So, uh, you know, it's due not only to him, but everybody else. So. Um, yeah, so that's my top three. Do you have two more? I still have to give you two more. I could give yeah. you an easy one because I'm such a fucking uh, Elder Scrolls fan, Todd Howard, okay. and I would love to put him on the spot Ooh. and answer, have him <laughs> answer a lot of questions. That a I lot of tough questions. About right. you know, the series or the games in general. So that's an easy one right off the top of my head. Okay. No. I think I know another person you might pick, like, uh, along the same vein of RPGs. Probably not, because I'm not thinking about it. I don't even know who my oh. second person would be, but definitely. I was going to say Randy Pitchford. No, I, I don't care. I mean, look, if he wants to come on the show, I would gladly talk to him. Right. No, but he's, like, a similar, like, position as Todd Howard as far as, you know. No, I have personal like... problems with Todd Howard. Oh, okay. I feel like he's a sellout. Wow. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I'm, there's plenty of other people who feel that way. I'm not the first. Todd, it's up to you. You have to uh, come on. You and have talk to 48 us hours to uh, <laughs> respond to this to this accusation and come on the show and talk to us. We'll be glad to have you on. You know our first official episode well this is our first official episode but if we have a guest you first can... guest imagine that what would you do then todd howard. todd howard todd howard todd howard well we hey, could find somebody this is Greg some Cassidy random person a new perspective podcast we would love to have you come on and be our first official guest excellent respond That's right now let us know okay Second, so that's, all right. second. No, go I gotta go back to you. You could pick one. All right, all right. Like, bring it back to me. Number four. Number four. Let me think about it. Um. Let's see. Uh, and it's only people that are alive, right? No, I, I would. I was gonna mentioned Steve Jobs when we were talking about Bill Gates, but obviously Steve, well, yeah. You couldn't do that, but I mean for your last no, I would say for your fourth pick it has to be someone for alive, and then if you want to do the right. last pick you could pick someone who, there's plenty of people to choose from still but Sure, not mm-hmm. the people that I want to choose Alright, let me think about it here You could choose your um, You could choose um who? Reggie. Uh, the... Oh, Reggie Fizeme, yeah. Choose the fucking weird white guy who uh, did all the Sony commercials for so long. Oh, and then he went to work for, um, you know, oh, what was his name? Like Ben something? Um, yeah, didn't he? Wasn't there like a controversy there? I would have to look it up. But... I'm sure there was, but. I know he did like insurance commercials like before, during, and after that, or whatever. Pikachu. Um, Pikachu. No, it has to be a person. Pikachu is a person. 
You could choose the dude at GameStop who used to sell you video games when you were 14 years old. Oh, Chris? Chris from GameStop. Shout out to Chris and Joseph. Thanks for listening. And Joseph, yeah, he was cool. I wonder if they're still there. Or I heard, well, somebody, I think you told me back in the day, like Chris transferred out, but he was like the manager or whatever. But anyway. Joseph works um, community uh, college now. Huh? A college. He works for a college. I'll tell you off the air. What college. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Like somebody in the the PlayStation realm, like the Sony realm. <sighs> I just don't like Sony. Who was involved with Sony? Um, what's the guy's name that like developed Pokemon? Because he like used to collect bugs in his backyard or whatever. I, I have no idea what his name is. I'm sorry. That's why. Satoshi Tajiri. Uh... I believe that's his name. Because like the story, yeah, this is him. Because the story is that like as a as a kid, he used to like go on adventures and like collect bugs and stuff in his backyard. Um. And I remember reading that, like, you know, back in the day. And, uh, yeah, I think it would be interesting to to kind of pick and choose and, and find out, you know, what were the Bugs things that – No, well, no. Like, what, what did you take from your real-world experience and what translated into the game? Well, what didn't translate? What did you have to come up with? You know, how did you – you know what I mean? Like, what – obviously, you're walking around, you're putting a bug in a jar. Like, how does that – translate into the one thing or another and how did you just put it all together so collecting them all you're collecting all the bugs well i understand that but like where did, did the battle you're asking come did from? He fight all the bugs together well no i don't i'm not saying he was into bug fighting but i'm saying that he how do you take that and make that jump like what were the what were the steps to take that jump into you know, a crazy here's, imagination because here's not bugs, here's monsters, and I'm not just collecting them, I'm fighting them, and I'm a person that has them, and then I can catch them, and other people can catch them, and we can fight each other. Like, how did you? What were the stepping stones to get you there? In other words, like that's that's kind of what I would want to know. And what what were things that, especially this, like what were things that you wanted to add that you never could or didn't want to, or people you know turned it down or whatever. So. I'm always interested in stuff like that that doesn't get implemented. So that's my number four. So now you're up. All right. So uh, I have an answer. I'm thinking about if I want to change it. You can make it a tie. No. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go with the original answer, which is Gabe Newell. Who the guy who created Steam basically. Right. I'm just I'm just interested in how he came up with the idea. Guys got it made like millions of fucking dollars off of it. The alright, the other answer to tie with that, I don't know his name and I was gonna Google it, but I prefer not to delay the listeners glorification of hearing my answer while Googling <laughs> yes. is the guy who created CD Projekt Red because CD Projekt Red is basically the steam of Poland, if you think about it. And it's a lot more interesting because 
there's all these um I've seen videos on it, but I would love to ask the guy about it personally, is there was all this like legal stuff going on in Poland where they were basically making copies of games and selling them and like markets and stuff. And eventually all of that led to CD Projekt Red, which led to good old games. And that would just, it's an incredible story. And like, uh, not to say anything about people talking in different languages or having accents or anything like that, but basically the only video I've ever seen explaining that whole process and how it happened was a Polish guy talking about it, and it was like a little hard, hard to understand, basically. Yeah, no, so it's nice to ask yeah. him, you know, talk to him and ask him, how do you go from here where you're you're like giving out the not giving out these games but like this black market type of thing to where now you're a full-fledged game studio and now you're actually distributing games on your they have a whole platform right yeah, yeah just oh. like steam right and valve right all right same deal i'll i'll, I'll google the uh the name of the i looked it up there's two guys marcin iwinski and no polish pronunciation happening here even though we're both polish and it's it's you know anglicized it's michael but mikhail kaczynski i guess it is yeah so there's two guys martin and michael if you will um i just don't know you know i don't know which one is which but they're probably both it says they're still the owners mostly they're still like ceos presidents of the company so i'm not they probably just you know you could take them or leave them either way i think it's marson that you're thinking of it says that he was the one that he sold cracked copies of western video games yes. because they were yes. under soviet union yes, you know exactly. like influence mm. and this is the video that i saw but like whatever video it was i do not mean to you know disparage it or throw shade at it but like the way it was presented that was a language not, barrier not just that's the language fair. but just like the way it was presented it was not as compelling as like the story really should have been. Mm. Oh, they started importing games and reselling them. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, no, All I, right, would, so I would a, take, I would take one four. of them over Gabe Newell because you know much right, more. We kind of know the story. Much more of a right. dynamic to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right, so my number five, right? Is that what I'm on? Number five? Yes. Um, number five. Um, it's tough, but I think I know. It's probably... Um... Gunpei Yokoi, who was the, the Game Boy inventor, Game & Watch, the D-pad inventor. Um, huh? Not PewDiePie. No. no. Um, yeah, he would be a good, you know, just to like, just to, obviously, like, the story's been written a million times, but to talk to somebody that was so influential. Um, you know, I, I guess most of my people are, like, influential on a big scale. I would tie him probably with um, uh, what is his name? Is it Jason Jones, the guy that 
Um, yeah, the guy that was like big at Bungie back in the day to work on Halo. I have no idea. He co-founded Bungie. Yeah, Jason Jones. Um, just because you know we can talk about Halo all day, but I just like I like the the idea that this is what you had before. And this came out, and then it'll never be like it was. You know, it's a very, like, laptop, like, MacBook thing. Like, the MacBook comes out, and, like, all laptops look different. Now, speaking nothing about operating systems or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, the the iPhone comes out, and all phones look like this now. You know, that type of thing. All right. Halo so, comes out, and all games look like this listen, now. First-person shooters. Listen, listen. All right. I don't mean to take over the conversation. But you name five people. I name five people, right? Right. At the end of the day, one person can come on tomorrow. Are we in agreement that it's Cliffy B or are we disagreeing? No, I, I agree. That would be awesome. All right. So you, you need to go on the on the little Twitter handle we got and you need to tweet them and tell them to come on the show because it would yes. make a dream come true. And what the fuck is going tweet. on? And yeah, just for reference, the Twitter handle is at noob perspective without the E at the end. N E W B perspective without the E. The second E. Because, you know, if you're spelling, there's two. Um, okay, so that's our dream guests. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, what would you say your your end goal at the end of the day, like let's, you know, let's say the podcast goes on for tons and tons of episodes. And, you know, when you look back at it, what's the, what's the one thing you hope that came out of it? Just to make the listeners happy, give them something to listen to, hopefully entertain them, entertain ourselves in the process. But if we're not having a good time and they're not having a good time, there's basically no point in doing it. So. Right. Okay, that's good. I like that idea. I mean, I would probably say that. I mean, you know, the name the name is what it is. It's giving people our perspective, you know, a different perspective than you might think. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't think I'm some revolutionary thinker that's going to come up with, you know, uh, a Renaissance type idea about every subject we talk about. But at the end of the day, I hope that what we bring to the table gives people something to think about. So, And that's why we got to get Todd Howard on here, too. What was the first thing you'd ask Todd Howard? Would it just be the word why? Why did you take what you... All right, this is... You know, you... I could give you a bullshit question just to be funny or just to entertain people, but I would say why did you take what you did with Elder Scrolls Morrowind? And fuck it, throwing down the drink <laughs> for oblivion, you know, story-wise, atmosphere-wise, you know, it's kind of like you sold out. Like, all right, we can make a popular game, so let's make a popular game. Let's crank it out, right? But, but don't, don't you think that the what I've noticed, like, recently, and, you know, you're the Elder Scrolls expert, and I'm definitely not, but, you know, I've played, I've never played Skyrim. So that, you know, putting that aside, do you think that the, 
the Morrowind versus Oblivion thing is like an old guard, new guard type thing. Like people it actually goes back further than me. It goes back to Daggerfall and Arena. Daggerfall. Which I've never even played. But oh, they're vastly different. But they're but so if you, right. if you research into it and listen to people's opinions, even the people who played those two games before would kind of put Morrowind as the turning point where Right. Like the lore of the game and the history of the game kind of went out the window for the mainstream action, you know. Right. I think when you, I mean, because I played a lot of Morrowind, you know, here and there. I was never as serious as you were, but like, and seeing what Daggerfall and Arena were, like, Morrowind is like the next. Like, they're the all shitty step. games. I'm not, I'm not trying to say. <laughs> I don't mean they're shitty games. They're, they're good games, but they're all shitty games i don't know how to explain it they okay they're not skyrim all right sky i mean even skyrim's a shitty game depending on how you look at it with the bugs and and it's still not perfect to control but it's more of like a main it's more of like a uh, call of duty first person rpg like it's easy to control there's not a lot of uh learning or or insight that you need to play it Whereas, and that's what a lot of people want, yes, right? Whereas, people, people don't want that, you know, where, the chrono trigger. So, so here's my question to Todd: Is that that's fine? But the three first games, okay, there was a, a acceptance barrier when it came to how does it control, how do you play it? You get thrown in this world, you don't know where you're going, you don't know what you're doing, you got to read a lot of text, right. this and that, blah blah blah. But like, you can make a game that's more, um. I don't want to say uh, accessible control-wise or gameplay-wise, but still keep the lore or the story in it. So you think that the lore and the story took a backseat to accessibility and, like, mainstream? I'm not going to say it happened hand-in-hand, but something happened. over time. And then you have have Elder Scrolls Online where they basically say, okay, this, this is lore. But it goes against what the game said was lore. So it's like you just Oh, it's different? Um, I believe so. I haven't played it, oh, but I've watched... I played like a demo of it at one point. I played when some it, of when it. it was I played some of it. Subscription. I played some of it, but basically from what I gather is the person who's in charge of creative for Elder Scrolls Online basically said this is the lore and if something goes against it, it either this is it or it fits together some certain way or you know but like as time there's like a lot of people who have and i'm not saying that you know if if you make six five or six games in a series i'm not saying everything has to go cannot canonic canon perfect right have discrepancies but you shouldn't just say in game two or three, it's this, and then throw the shit out for five or six. You know what I mean? So is their opinion that, like, if there's a question, go by what Elder Scrolls Online says, basically? Uh, is that, like, uh, the end-all, be-all? I, I, I don't know. Because I don't know. I, I just it, know, but... basically, like, there are um, the first three games of Elder Scrolls, there were people working on the game who, like, actually, like, participated in message boards and people with stuff and like part of the lore came from 
people talking on the message boards and stuff like that. Right, and stuff that they came so, up with to together. Where right. when the games got more mainstream and more publicized, it was like, all right, this is what we're doing with it. And all that shit is, you know, irrelevant. So do you think, like, the in a way you have less fan service, but you also have more fan service to the masses because, you know, according to you, it's more, you know, the newer ones are more accessible. So like you have like the, the diehard hard. No one, no one, no one who plays fucking Skyrim can go back and play, uh, arena or Daggerfall. I, I, oh, I, yeah, I mean, they're hard to play, even play now. arena or Daggerfall. I could go back and play Morrowind, but no one who, Never played Morrowind. Could go back and play Morrowind. <laughs> They'd be like, "What After the fuck, Skyrim? Right? Like, what the fuck is this shit? It's boring. It's it doesn't make sense." But like, right? But there's an importance to being in that time frame and putting yourself in that world and and understanding all the, of what was going on in it, and not like for the time that the game came out, it was advanced in the atmosphere and the world that it gave you sure but even now that time went on still try and find another game voice acted or text dialogue or not that gives you the background and the lore that a game like morrowind does you won't no it's hard to find yeah i just had a good thought um oh i was gonna say that you know, you dump somebody who's used to like Oblivion and like more used to Skyrim into Morrowind, they're gonna think that the game is bad, but it's not because the game is bad, it's because they're like their frame of reference as far as how they play it. It's not because the game is missing stuff, it's because they wouldn't be looking for what it has to Look, offer. I, Does that I, make I, sense? I love Pokemon, right? It, right. Oh, here we go. If your first Pokemon game is in the last like five or ten years, you cannot go back and play Pokemon Red and Blue and appreciate it. You appreciate right. Pokemon Red and Blue when it comes out because it's the first game that ever came out like that. There's other games, technically, like there's Dragon Warrior, oh, sure. Monsters, where Monster Hunter or whatever came before that. My right? idea. But say you give Pokemon the credit. Yeah, you can't go 20, back. I, that's that's actually a really good comparison. 20 years from like, now, thinking... like, things, things that existed in Pokemon Red and Blue that don't exist now. First of all, there's a, a bunch of glitches that well, change how the game plays. And I'm not talking about missing go or missing number or... I'm talking about stuff like they have glitches in the calculations of the damage... Where, like, you could think your attack is supposed to do critical damage and it does zero damage. Like, one or two of the attacks are bugged. Right? There's glitches. Yeah. I'm talking about... Because you can't patch it, right? Stuff, ease of access stuff, like, where um, most normal, newer Pokemon games, when you have TMs to teach your Pokemon to move, you could reuse the TMs. But back then, you could only use the TM once. Right. Um, Pokemon games as they have evolved, gone away from HMs where you have to force your Pokemon to use moves to progress in the plot, where now you could progress in the plot regardless of the moves that they know. There's just a lot of stuff that, you know, and there's probably people who are like, oh, you should force them to learn fly or cut or whatever, because... Or make the whatever. other argument, right? But there's a lot of things that have made the game easier that are probably better off, but 
kind of kills the the original like spirit. Yeah, but also you, you at, at this point where the game is now, you can't go back and play that. Look, it, if you play Mario, and you can't change you it. Play either, Mario right? now, you can go back and play the original Mario Brothers and still the same game. Right. The graphics. Well, let me ask you this, but, right? If somebody, if a kid plays Super Mario Odyssey, can they go back to Super Mario sixty four? I, I would so. probably say no. It's, even, I think even, it's too if, different. It's too say, it's too even inaccessible. Even if you say no, they could go back to a GameCube uh, Mario game and play it. Sunshine, yeah, yeah. which have, is my favorite Mario game. Separate for the, record. the Mario games because you have to separate it into two D and three D. Like. You can't say, could someone who plays Super Mario Odyssey go back and play Mario Brothers because it's a 2D game versus a 3D game. But Well, could, you got someone, Pokemon now. Top down, it's a top-down perspective. Okay. and yeah, Someone who right. plays new Super Mario Brothers 3D or whatever they call it, go back and well, play like the same Mario thing, right? Brothers. Yeah, they could. Could they go back right. and play Super Mario? They might be a little bored. The controls might be a little difficult. But they right. could definitely jump to the GameCube level and probably go back and play it right or galaxy right yeah i mean the switch technologically is not that much far advanced than the gamecube anyway so um well it's a couple steps up for sure but could you make super mario odyssey on a gamecube with lesser graphics yeah it's called super mario sunshine that's my point you can't never, make Super I've never Mario played Odyssey Super on, Mario Odyssey. You can't make Super Mario Odyssey on a Nintendo 64, but... Well, you could. It would just be... You know. the, the jump from Super Mario 64 to Super Mario Odyssey is crazy. The jump from Super Mario Sunshine to... Did they call it Super Mario Sunshine? Yeah, right? Sunshine. Whatever the, game called TV, it. Yeah. the jump from Sunshine to Odyssey is not... Crazy, mm-hmm. like sixty-four. Odyssey. All right, I'll give you give you a different example. Not to bring up Nintendo again, but how about Zelda? How many people do you think that play? I mean, I don't know if Breath of the Wild is the best example. Yeah, take that out because that's like the only game that's different. I think. Right, because that's what I'm trying but to say. They, like, so what, Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword? <sighs> Skyward Sword doesn't help. Well, that's the one previously previous to that. So, like, do you think that people? I'm going to say definitely not. People that play Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess and even Wind Waker to some extent can they go back and play the original Legend of Zelda? Let's talk about like a the original like one, a ten or twelve the year old original kid. one though. Yeah, I think they can go play Link's Awakening. I mean, um, not Link's Awakening. That's the example I want to use, but. Uh... Majora's Mask or uh, the, no the S- the SNES one? What's it called? Oh, Link yeah. to the Past. Yeah, I think that they would can. probably yeah, be the Link most the accessible. The N sixty four ones would be less accessible than that because look, they still make a Link to the Past. They still make games like that. They made the remake for the three DS. They made Link's Awakening for the Switch. Those still right. basically play exactly. Right. Oh yeah, that that game just like helps you through basically. There's yeah. The, that's one of the better Zelda. But for sure. I, I, I would, I would never say anyone from outside of our generation could go back and play any N sixty four game. <laughs> God bless them. <laughs> I, I, I think it depends. I mean, there's like that handful. There's just like a you know the the top twelve 
the top 10 most, you know, like the highest selling games, you know, what were they? Like they're, you know, Mario, Mario Party, Smash Brothers, uh, the two Zeldas, um, you know, GoldenEye was up there in Perfect Dark, but they, you know, Perfect Dark, I can play now, but when I get to GoldenEye, it's just something different. So I think Perfect Dark refined the control because it came out later. But like, yeah, I mean, I don't, when you kind of look at the way retro gaming has happened, I don't think there's that same affinity for N64. There is for certain people for certain games, but it's not, I don't think it's like NES and Genesis and Super Nintendo. And I don't think it will be like Xbox and PS2. I just don't think people look at like the N64 Saturn. We've already talked about this. This is a crazy generation where it's like the Bermuda Triangle to me. It's like, look, if you play a game on your phone, you can play games on your phone that are like current gen consoles with slightly downgraded graphics. Or you can play games on your phone that are like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis games with slightly upgraded graphics but there's no nobody's recreating n64 playstation level game mechanics these days it's disgusting it makes me want right i think but what i will say is i think there's a different affinity for the people that are nostalgic for n64 versus the people that are nostalgic for playstation because if you look at the and i think it's only based on you know, the library that's there. I think there's, you know, you can name like the 15 best games on N64, but then you can name like the 25 or 50 best games on the original PlayStation that I just never were ported anywhere. Or I think it's just, a, I think it's just a little bit different as far as people who clamor. There's people that clamor for 10 games on N64, but people that clamor for a lot I mean, more. I would say any Nintendo console is like that. I, well, GameCube is the same. Yeah, I don't think for all the ten or fifteen Nintendo games that are on there, you're always going to Mario. Yeah. Game. you're always going to have a Fire Emblem, an Animal Crossing, a Link, a Zelda game, Zelda, game, yeah, Yoshi, Mario Kart, a Yoshi, a Smash Brothers. Fill right. up the ten or fifteen games that people want to play just with first-person Nintendo party games. But uh, I think there's more on NES though, because you talk about like Castlevania and Contra. But and... SNES too. Oh right, that's what I'm saying though. Because like, or... but when I think about N64, like, yeah, but, um, you know, Goldeneye. Uh, who? I, well, I I don't think anybody is nostalgic for NFL Blitz, you know, 2000 uh, or whatever it was. Like, yeah, it was fun, are... but I know they do. But what I'm saying is, you got is... Goldeneye, you got Perfect Dark, you got um. Well, Banjo Kazooie. Two Banjo games. You got There's Bad yeah. for the. In addition to Mario Kart Racing, you got Diddy Kart Racing. Or, I don't think the same yeah. names, but you know. You got Cruising USA. What more could you want than that? No, I don't think there's anybody that's nostalgic. I'm for that. nostalgic. The N64 version specifically, though, there's going to be people that want to play like the arcade version, like we would always see growing up. Like, you know, you go here, you go there. Oh, it's Cruising USA. Like, everybody knows that. I played specifically that version, so I'm nostalgic for it. Really? You have Castle. See, I never had an N64 growing up. 
Castlevania 64. Oh, it's not good. There's two, isn't there? I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, bad ports of games on, like, Quake 64, Nukem 64, Doom 64. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean... Good Nintendo 64 games that were not published by Nintendo. That would be our next list. Developed or published? Either. Well, uh, you have to developed. Oh, it would be all the rare games, basically. Yeah, perfect. The ones you named. I like Glover. No one else. Glover. Jack 64. No. I had the PlayStation one. It was good. It's really mediocre games outside of what Nintendo. I mean, I feel like that's every. Well, that's what I'm trying to say, though. Like, I think when you look at PlayStation, though, you have, like, ones that. Uh, well, the Nintendo first party argument is a different argument, but I, I just think like when you think about PlayStation, you have, you know, obviously like the Square Enix or the Enix stuff or the Square Soft stuff, whatever you want to call 64. it. Nintendo 64. Could have huh? been on Nintendo 64. Well, it could have been, right? But then you also have like the Resident Evil stuff, the Capcom Resident stuff. Resident Evil was on And Nintendo the fighters 64. that they put in. Or right, yeah, right? but I, I, Resident Evil 2, I think. And they fit it all on a cartridge, and it actually looks good with like all the cutscenes and stuff. Got it um, out. But like, then you have like, huh? GameCube destroyed it. Resident Evil. Well, yeah. I mean, Resident Evil Four was great. But... And then you have like the the Spiral games and the Crash games, and like I said, Final Fantasy already. But you know, I think I just think there's so much more. It's like Super Nintendo versus Genesis. Like, I'm partial to Genesis because that's what I had. But, you know, you look at the library and, you know, Super Nintendo has two great games for every great game that Genesis has. Yeah. Basically. But does that make it a better console? I mean, that's a different argument, too. But, it's you know, it's all about the games. It's always been that way. You know, had the NES not had the games that it had, it wouldn't have been that big. We wouldn't even be, like, talking about this, you know? So. Hmm. But that's what I got there. How do we even get started with this conversation? I don't know. It, it went. It just it just Part of something off. to do with Cliffy B coming on our show, and then we ended up about Nintendo. Right. Let me ask you this. Would you ask him about Lawbreakers? No, I wouldn't ask him about that. I have so many questions to ask him besides that. Why? Why wouldn't you ask him about Lawbreakers? I want to know about it. I never you played asked it. him about it. I never have a million a questions about Gears of War. All right. I have a million questions. Wasn't he on like have, the, uh, the Unreal tournament like, team, too? I have questions too? about... My main questions are, A, about Gears of War. B... About what it's like to, like, as far as I'm concerned, he was, like, literally the first video game celebrity. Yeah, sorry. I had to switch my, what did you say, recording apparatus? Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that didn't work out the way I wanted it to. But, you know, technical issues. Everything has a, a quirk. So, what were we talking about? Cliffy B. Excellent. Listen, you know, you got to make it happen now. I'm going to message him. 
You got to do it. And I'm going to say, listen, Cliffy B, we love you. It's a life or death matter. Come on our show and make our podcast. Do you think, like, we should do it as, like, a redemption thing for people? Like, people that, like Todd Howard. A lot of people don't like him for whatever, you know, a bunch of reasons. I know he named a lot of those people, People too. don't like Todd Howard, B Peter for a Mono, bunch of reasons. What was that? All of them, yeah. Cliffy B, Todd Howard, Peter Molyneux. People don't like them. Let me tell you, let me tell you why they're great, though. Because they don't care that people don't like them. That is very... I think that's true with all of them, yeah. Especially Cliffy B, because he just doesn't I would care. say especially Peter Molyneux. Well, he doesn't... He definitely doesn't care. <laughs> uh, just trying to make the best fucking fable I can make. Well, right. The best black and white I can make. The best. What was his other games? One was called Black and White, right? Black and White. Yeah, I don't think Fable. he worked on the second one. I played the first one. It's fun. Some BC game, or was that Black BC, and White? BC. Rest in peace. No, it never. It got canceled. <laughs> yeah, the poor guy. He is. Uh, you know, he's a fucking genius. But you know, sometimes you know, there was this game for PlayStation. Execution doesn't always go well together. What was the? Oh man, I wish I knew what it was called. I don't remember if I had the game or I had. I think I had a demo of it, but it was like this caveman game. <laughs> it was like a third person perspective it, and oh, I think you're going to know what I'm talking about maybe if you know you know the, the deep cuts in the Playstation 1 library you had to collect animal bones and you had to build a tower to reach the sun that was the no, game no idea what that is so imagine like BC was supposed to be a caveman like free roaming you know yeah. thing this was like imagine like this like one generation before that kind of thing like it's very similar to um it sounds scary did you ever see what super hide live looks like no it's like a third person um photorealistic like digitized graphics like zelda game basically it like reminds me of that but this is more cartoony oh man i wish i knew the name of the game i haven't thought about I, that I, I just have to take a second go ahead to tell Peter Molyneux that Fable was a great game, as was Fable 2 and Fable 3. It's all the other games that you promised that crapped out. So, Here it is. Okay. Tale of the Sun. That's the yep. game. Can you hook it up to your Game Boy Advance and get um, solar energy to power it? No, that was... Uh, listen, Golden oh, Sun. Kojima. He developed that. What was that called? Golden Sun. Golden Sun. Golden Sun. Yeah, that was a Kojima game. Kojima's on my list, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I that. After the fact. For somebody that, I mean, like, uh, again, you know. No, you're adding, A, A, you're adding them after the fact. B, I had them in my head the whole time, but saved them for you because I know you like him better than I do. And you, you fucked up. Yeah, this was the game. Oh, it was re released on PlayStation 3 and PSP in 2006 uh, in Japan. Oh. Dang. I hope you don't get a captive audience over here. What was that? We have a captive audience. Yes, I'm telling them about a game they don't probably know about. Tale of the Sun. T-A-I-L. Because you're supposed to build the sun's tail to get up to it. Dang. 1997. Bringing it back. Bring back memories. One year uh, after Pokemon. One year. 
Well, yeah, it wasn't here until 98, though. Right? I remember buying my... I got my Game Boy Color, the translucent purple one, and Pokemon Blue at Toys R Us, and you had to, like, go to this... It wasn't just a cage, you probably remember. Yeah, you take the little slip and you bring it up to them and... Yeah, it was like a rain check system. Yeah. Or, like, the old... That's how old, like... uh Department stores and like Woolworths and stuff used to be. It used to be I, like that. I just remember I went to uh, when on East during Easter, we would always go up to my uh, cousin's house, right, for like a week, basically, like maybe less than a week, but like the whole Easter break, whatever it was, right, like Thursday to Sunday or whatever. I, I remember day one going up there, not knowing what Pokemon kind of. Maybe having a rough idea what Pokemon was, but never having played it or having a Game Boy or anything. Mm. To where by the time Easter Sunday came around, it was like if the Easter Bunny doesn't bring me Pokemon for Easter, I'm going to fucking kick his ass. Well, what did you have at that point? You had Super Probably Nintendo? A Game Boy Pocket. No, like already. What did you have? Uh, Probably had like a Super Nintendo and a Game Boy Pocket. Mm-hmm. And but never like never really knew too much about Pokemon. Like might have kinda heard about it. But then my cousin had a Game Boy color and Game Boy Red. Game Boy Red, I'm sorry, Pokemon Red. And I played it like all weekend up until Easter Sunday and was like, I better fucking I need this, right. Like not like you know. So this must have been ninety nine then, right? I have no idea. Because according to this, September twenty eighth, ninety eight was when it came out here. Yeah, so it must have been. I gave it like a good six to eight months of like being around. Ignorant six or eight months. My parents didn't want to tell me shit. I want to say I got it, like, because I'm I'm trying to think. Like I remember the weather; it was like clear. It wasn't the winter, so it was either like the fall, like let's say like October, or like the next spring. But I got it pretty much like right away. No, I, I could clearly remember Easter Sunday getting mm-hmm. it. I wonder if there'd be any way to find out. When did the Game Boy Color come out? Because it was new at the time. I have no idea when it came Game out. Boy Color. Oct- oh, wait a minute. Japan, October 21st, 98. North America, November 18th, 98, two months after Pokemon. So, yeah, it was either the fall of 98 or the spring of 99. Because I didn't have the original. I never had the original Game Boy. I didn't have a Game Boy Pocket. And it was Color was the next one, right? Yes. Yeah, that must have been it. I wonder if I, I'm going to try to find. I still have the box. I still have like you know all that stuff. I, but I don't I, know if I have the pocket. Got game. I got Pokemon Red on it. No color because it was a Game Boy Pocket. And right, then, but you didn't get that much. Then, you only got like a shade of red or blue when you then played when it. Po- then when Pokemon Yellow came out, I got the Pokemon Yellow uh, Game Boy Color. The Pikachu one, which I no longer have, which is terrible. They're worth a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yellow, yeah, I still had my game, my Game Boy Color at that point. I got a Game Boy Advance like right when it first came out, and they started re-releasing like the they released Super Mario Brothers two, 
as like Super Mario Advance. I think. I think they re-released Mario 2 as Super Mario Advance. Advanced with a D. And then they released Mario 3 as Super Mario Advance 2. It was confusing, but I remember being like right on the Game Boy Color, a Game Boy Advance, and then I got the SP right when it came out too. So that thing was a beast. So. Yeah, I just had my little lavender Game Boy Advance. Which one did I have? It was like a purple one, like a white one. That was it, right? And was there a clear one too? Game Boy Advance. Let's see. I don't know why they chose. It's, it's why would they choose those colors? Marketing. I guess, but someone must have wanted them. No, I had the clearish one. That's right. Because it was like a clear one. It was like a a white, and then like that, like you said, yeah, that lavender purple one. But like I always think about that, and like nowadays, you know, you it's such a different story nowadays because. I mean, the Switch is the only, like, exception with the Joy-Con because, you know, the red and blue one's, like, the most popular one, whatever. I have the gray Joy-Con. I can't, you know, in this day and age, I can't justify getting, like, this stark colored thing just because it doesn't blend in. You know, we don't have wood grain televisions anymore for a reason, you know, so... Don't tell that to LGR. Well, I'm talking about in the present day, not in nostalgic times. But so yeah, that's my story about consoles of bright colors. I mean, you know, it's for a certain person. Then they got like the, all the electric colors and you know all that stuff. But I'm kind of past that. Speaking of colors, you know what I heard somebody say? Just one last thought. In in Star Wars, and again. You know, I'm an employee of the Walt Disney Company, and this is my own opinion. It's something that doesn't make sense. What color are... Ready? You ready for it? I hope this doesn't have to, anything to do with race. No, not at all. It's the color of items in the universe. All right. So if you're, if you're the Empire, right, what color, what color are the lasers that your ship fires? Green. Right. And if you're the Rebels... Red. Uh-huh. Okay. And what now, color if you're is... a stormtrooper, what color is your laser? Red. And then if you're a Jedi, a Jedi Master, what color is your lightsaber? Blue. No, it's green. green. So I'm... why why are they reversed? Because it does there's no thought to it. It probably has something to do with the production of how well, they Well, I'm sure there's a reason. I'm happen. sure there's a physical reason, a technical reason. Listen, a lore reason, but I, I'd like to know I'm what it just is. Over this whole conversation, if you're on Tatooine, what color is your milk? What? It's, it's. Um, <laughs> now I'm, conf- I'm confusing it with the Last Jedi because there's Tatooine? two: it's green and blue, and I always forget which is which. It's blue. Yes, the milk is blue. Ta- right, and it's green. The milk is blue. Right. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. Who cares why they're lasers? There's whatever. no, but it's opposite. Don't you understand? No, because you like the themes of light and dark are there. 
But then you have these two color schemes that clash with each other. I mean, yeah, you never really see. I'm them not at the convinced same time. all the all the light side people's lasers are green. I know all the stormtroopers are red, but I'm not sure that. Well, no, not all the lightsabers. I'm talking about lightsabers. No, I'm talking about the the blasters from the light side people. Well, what colors? Because Luke Han's picks up, green. Luke, Luke picks up a, a a blaster from a stormtrooper and fires it. So. Yeah, but that's red because it's a stormtrooper's gun. All right, so is this... laser. So why can't it be red? I'm just saying the ones that are inherently. The Empire are red. The symbolism for green is with the Jedi when they're on foot, but not. Oh, when... so the vehicles, the spaceships are wrong. Color. Well, I'm just saying. I'm not saying one's right and one's wrong. I'm just saying they're they're reversed. Why is that? Um, ninety nine point nine percent sure it has something to do with the technical technicalities of filming the show, not the show, the the movie. I would like to, if anyone knows and can tell me for sure, I'll look it up. Number one interview, George Lucas. Yeah, that would be a good one, too. Nope, I'm still taking Cliffy B. Cliffy B, come on the show. We're going to tweet you at least by tomorrow morning. (laughs) What are you going to say? Cliffy B, I love you. Come talk on my podcast, please. I love you. I'm going to say I love you twice. You think it'll work? There's only one way to find out. You, you gotta, know what? And he doesn't answer. That's what you episode. should do, though. You should just spam him that same tweet over and over. No, I, I left it on the perfect... I had the perfect outro, and you just ruined it. What? <laughs> I had the perfect outro, and you ruined it. Oh, well, oh, to the I tweet. said there's only way, one way to find out. You tune in on our next episode. See if Cliffy B's on it. That's right. And if not, then maybe the next episode. Maybe not, just listen to all of them. Tweet Just him. in case he shows up. You Tweet never know. Him. Send him a link. Tell him to get on here. That's right. Step it up. All right. So uh, that being said, I guess we're we're good to go here. Thank you to all that listened. And uh, look forward to our next episode. Our next real episode where we cover actual topics. As opposed to these ones that we just came up with as we went. Do you have any closing thoughts? No, I love you all. Thank you for listening.